You are listening to a piece of the Salasin.10 podcasterium. For coming this afternoon, we have a few more sessions after this. Uh, one at 2.15, I believe, right after mine, and one more at 4 on uh, sales presentations and, uh, and Lego. So these are all very interesting programs for your personal development. And I kind of uh, look around this room and everyone's pretty young. Right, younger than me at least, yeah. And um, I wish I was in your seat um, 27 years ago when I started my career. So consider yourselves lucky to be here today, whether it's by chance or whether you planned it, because you are going to leave today uh, learning something new, something that's going to help you uh, in your in your school if you're still studying or at university or college, and certainly something that will help you in life in general mm. and at work. Whatever you uh, embark on after this, wherever you're working, you may be searching for a job, you may have just started a job, it's going to help you. And guess what? You're going to be one step ahead of most of your peers. One step ahead of most people. Right? So keep your eyes open, keep your ears open, because sometimes some people can sleep with their eyes open. <laughs> you know what I mean. Right? So uh, pay a bit of attention. It's only for an hour. All right, and I and I and I'll make sure it's worth your time for this next uh, hour. So my name is Davidson Abhishegam. I'm known as uh, Culture Transformation Specialist. In fact, I want to start the first five minutes talking about how culture plays a role in our overall um, uh, work in an organization. All right, and uh, whether it's on in IT or in any department, any job you do. Why culture is so defining, which a lot of companies do not realize. So today, hopefully you will realize that. And then we will move on to understanding and learning one tool out of the many tools that I teach in this program called the Hero's Way. It's basically to make us all heroes at the workplace. So it's one tool we're going to talk about out of the many. And that tool is called the colored brain. Right? So you're going to... I have okay. a takeaway on what this tool is all about and what it does for you. So, starting with culture. I think it's important to ask what is organizational culture? Anyone want to just try? Yeah, love, let's make this interactive a little bit. What do you think organizational culture is? Don't worry, there's no right or wrong answer. You don't have to stand on your chair if you get it wrong. Anyone? Well, consists of the L. Very good. Uh, Consists of your working environment. What else? How they do things. Yes, precisely. It's your environment. And let's give them a hand. They both got it correct. Culture in an organization is your environment, your department, your office, your company, and how things are done in that company. Which is why you realize when you go from company to company, country to country, Everyone has their own culture. So today we just want to kind of talk about where did culture start? How did it get formed? Are we even aware that there's such a thing called culture? So in definition, or by definition, organizational culture is made up of your, the beliefs in that company, the, the common norms, the way things are done, expectations, the values, of people in that company. And the best part is we don't know where this came from because that's just how things are done in that company. 
And guess what? When you join that company, somehow or, or rather you, you are alone and you're working with so many people in that culture, no matter what culture you bring to that organization, it is soon going to be overpowered by the masses. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. So even though you come in with a very passionate, excited, you want to get things done, but because everyone in that current environment is different and they do things a certain way, you will soon become like them. You'll do one of two things. Mm. You'll become like them or you will leave because you can't stand them. But guess what? Most people will just adapt and adapt to the environment, adapt to the culture. Right? So today we want to go back and drill down into right what culture is. So in other words, culture simply means, like you mentioned very aptly, the yeah. way things are done around here. We have cultures at home, we have cultures in our country, we have cultures in a certain um, race, and we have certainly cultures in organizations. Right? Now, how, before I go into how this culture affects any initiatives that you may have. You know, today we, we have a lot of buzzwords. You know, today companies are talking about digitalization, digital transformation, this initiative, that initiative. Now, I'm going to show you some proof, some research in a while, why almost 90% of these initiatives fail. The initiative is good. Oh, let's organize this. Let's have this transformation. But 90% of it fails. And companies don't know why. Right? And that research is going to show you. But before I go into that, just to kind of further understand how cultures are formed and what is culture, let's watch this one-minute video um, on what it is so we'll get a, an understanding. It's about monkeys. It's called the monkey experiment. Let's, let's, um, let's scientists placed four monkeys in a room with a stepladder, upon which there was a bunch of bananas. Whenever a monkey went to climb the ladder, the other monkeys in the room were sprayed with cold water. After a while, each time a monkey went for the bananas, the others would attack it to prevent it from doing so. The monkeys learned to never climb the ladder. But then, one of the monkeys was removed, and a new monkey wearing a raincoat was introduced. Naturally, this monkey went for the bananas, and it was customarily attacked and prevented from doing so by the others. Okay, this new monkey learned not to climb the ladder. So when another monkey was substituted in and made the bananas, all the others attacked it, including the one in the raincoat, despite the fact that it had never been sprayed with cold water. A third monkey was substituted in, and then a fourth and final monkey. And still, whenever a monkey tried to climb the ladder, the others would prevent it from doing so even though none of them had ever been sprayed with the cold water. When asked why this was, one monkey said, that's just the way it is. Oh. I hope you understood that shot video. It's to show you how cultures are formed. So if you look at the people around you in an organization and you ask them, why is it done like in such a way? And you know what? If they actually dig deep, they'll be like, I don't know why. But that's just how it's done here. There's a lot of things from the way we drive cars in Malaysia to everything else that we encounter on a daily basis. We really don't know why it is, but it is. 
right? And that is the root of what culture is. And sometimes we need to visit that if you want to do any kind of transformation, right? So now that we know what culture is, I just want to go through this very quickly. I just mentioned it. These are the four uh, problems when it comes to culture. Number one, people don't know how it was created, but there is a culture. Number two, mm -hmm. they do not know the negative impact. Sorry, they do not know the negative impact or the real impact it has on your bottom line, on your business. Number three, if they know it's a cultural problem, they don't know how to fix it. But the good thing is that at least they know that there is a culture problem. And lastly, they do not know how to maintain it. This is assuming the culture is all, all right, a good culture. They don't know how to maintain it because they, they're not aware of what the culture is. So here, I want to kind of now um, move towards one part of culture. Culture has a, a lot of different areas. We want to talk about digitalization. Since this is an IT expo today, and we, we hear a lot of digital transformation. A lot of companies, any company you, you, know, you, you look at today, from large companies to medium companies, they are all looking at cult, uh, transformation, digitalizing, right? Especially here in Malaysia, you can see all the big companies are moving towards this. However, most digital transformation fails. Now, many companies I talk to, they don't like it when I say that. They think I'm saying it. Now, research has shown, a research done by uh, McKinsey, a study called uh, Unlocking Success in Digital Transformation shows that only 4 to 11% of these initiatives work. And let me just say 10%, so it's easy. Only up to 10% works, which means 90% of these initiatives fail. And they have no idea why. And it's not technology. It's not investment, it's not money. It's about people. Hmm. And today we are going to talk about the culture, the people, and one tool to help you fix that. All right? Now, good news for tech companies though. Tech companies is up to 26%. So it's about a quarter. Still 75% failure. 25, 26% success, which is still not very good. Nothing really to, to shout about. Right? So, another study by the uh, Economics Intelligence Unit shows that the companies that are pro profitable in as little as two years, 72% of these companies say that an organizational culture change is required. It's not about getting more investors in, it's about changing the mindsets of people, creating a new culture. It's not about just teaching you technology. They say, you know, if someone's old, they, 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 they kind of, they have passed uh, new technology. You can't teach old dogs new tricks. You've heard of that saying. But if we have learned that it's not about that. It can be even with young people. It's the culture. It's not how much you know about IT, how much you know about computers, how much you know about business and marketing and management and strategy. It's not about that. It's about up here in your mindset. How do you work with people? How do you collaborate with people? How do you work in a team? How do you get along with your mates, with your vendors, with your clients? 
if you build yourself in that area, this will fall in place. The problem is most of us focus on the technology, mm. but we can't get along with our fellow human being, mm. right? So, moving from that, let's look at this quick <coughs> quote. I want to ask you all a question today. How many of you here are a leader? As long as, as long as it's a leader. Now I was expecting each one of you to raise your hands. We are all leaders. Can you imagine going into a race, a 100 meters race in the Olympics final, and you go in with the attitude that I'm going to lose? Do you think you'll win? Oh, of course not. You've got to go in with the attitude that I'm a leader. I may not be the best leader in the world, I may not know everything a leader should know. But I'm a leader. Now having that mindset is going to springboard you to greater heights. So don't go in as a, I'm a worker, I'm an employee, I'm a staff. If you go in with that, guess what? You're going to remain that in your entire tenure with that company. Go in with, I'm a leader, even though it's your first day at work. Then you will move towards that path. Alright? So, culture starts with your leaders. Leaders will help shape the culture that you want. The ideal working environment like he mentioned a while ago. Yeah? And how do you know if there's a good culture? The people in that department, the people in that organization will prove it. But the leader helps in forming it with the people. Right? So how do leaders play a role? That's what our topic today is all about. Now, I want to show you something called the colored brain today, as I said. And the colored brain is an excerpt, it's a, it's a component of a larger uh, a program that we do called the Hero Sway, which is a trademark program. Now, you can go Google the name of this program, uh, and you will, you will notice that in 2022, last year, this program, the Hero Sway, was voted the top third best leadership program in the world. So this ranking, of course, simply means that the program was assessed, the results was assessed, and it has a proven track record to be able to transform companies and leaders. Hence, with all the vigorous uh, voting and all the assessments, it was voted top three currently. Right? So do go Google it. And today, you're going to get a chance to listen to one part of this program for just 45 minutes out of a three-day program, yeah? So I want to start with the hero's way. So if you want to talk about hero's way, we need to address the question of what is a hero? Now we all have grown up uh, watching uh, Marvel and all these heroes, superheroes. Superman, Batman, and all these other men, isn't it? Right? <laughs> Wonder Woman as well, by the way. So, we all know what is a hero, and these are some of our, you know, heroes growing up, still is for some of us now, I believe. And the question that begs to be answered is, why hero? Why do we need heroes? Why do leaders need to be heroes at the workplace? Simple, three things, what, why, and how. So what is a hero? They basically help people. As a leader in an organization, you need to help people. You know, I was having an interesting conversation with uh, Rosanna on the way, uh, on the way to, the, to this event this morning. 
we were talking about how the police in this country, when you when you make a mistake, whether uh, uh, while driving or breaking a red light or drunk driving, whatever it is, how we get punished, we get slapped with summonses, we go to jail, we, we have to pay huge fines. And the question we, we ask now is what does those summonses do to that people, to those, to, to those people, mm -hmm. to the perpetrators? Does it fix them? Does it help them? And we realize it doesn't. You think if I put you in jail for a week because you did a traffic offense, is, is that going to change you? If I slapped a $10,000 summon on you, is that going to change you? Mm -hmm. And we were, we were having this discussion and we realized it doesn't. Now, she has lived abroad for over 20 years, 28 years. And where she comes from, they do not give you summonses, funnily. They just give you demerit points. Because what the police there want to do is to help change you, help give you realization. They work with you to make you a better citizen. You see that? See the difference? Right? Now, I understand why we give summonses here, but the question is, does it work? That, that's the big question. So heroes, you want to work with people. You want to help your employees. You want to help those around you. Mm. And sometimes helping them means they make mistakes. Am I correct? Yep. They do wrong things. Yes. They annoy you. They upset you. It's like you having children. Anyone here has children or not? They ask, except for this one. Anyone else? No kids? You have siblings, brothers, sisters? Yeah. Oh, okay. of course. All right, or nephews, nieces, some of you. Mm, now, if they, if, they, if they make a, a grave mistake, a terrible mistake, do you give them away? Uh, no. I wish. <laughs> you don't, right? You can't give them away if you have kids. Rosanna has kids, I have kids. You don't give them away and sometimes they do things that are bad. Sometimes they annoy you. So you need to nurture them, am I correct? You, some kids, you need to spend more time, I understand. Some are easy children, like I have two girls. One's fairly simpler to deal with, and one is not so simple to deal with. And they are twins, <laughs> identical twins. And I've got to work harder on one, you agree? So heroes, what they do is they help people. Number two, why do they do it? They, because they just want to make the world a better place. The world here could be your work, your office, your house, your home. They want to make the world a better place through what they do. And lastly, how do they do it? How do parents do it? How do leaders and managers do it? They use what I call superpowers. Correct? Superman has got his superpower. Spider-Man has got his superpower. They all have their superpowers, right? So they use their superpowers. So what are our superpowers today as a manager, as a leader? You all said you are leaders just now. Our superpower is going to be what I'm going to show you today. The colored brain is going to help you do that. Now, the whole hero's way, before I get into it, we're going to talk about two main things. Although there are many other things, I'm going to talk about two main things. One is why we do what we do. Would you all love to know why we do what we do? Why the people around you do what they do? Mm. I'm not 
getting you know, yeah, yeah. enough response. <laughs> do you want to know why people do what they do? Yeah. Do you know why? Do you want to know why your girlfriend loves shopping? Do you want to know why you like to go traveling? Why you like to go out with friends? Why you like collecting this? Why you like donating money to people? All the things we do, all of you do different things. Mm -hmm. Would you like to know why we do what we do? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You have to come to the main program. <laughs> but today, I'm going to cover the second part, which is how we do what we do. Why we do what we do, and how we do what we do. When I say how, it's simple as this. Let's say I have a report that I want you to type in using Microsoft Word or whatever, a report. And I give that report to this gentleman here. And, oh, his name is Anthony, by the way. And I give it to Anthony, and I give that same task to Bilin. And I give that same task to Rizwan. They are both Rizwans, by the way. <laughs> now, you know what? Do you agree that all three of them will do that task differently? Yes. Now, that yeah, yeah. is the how we do what we do. And I'm going to explain that, and Colored Brain is going to explain that. Why is it that he does it different, she does it different, and he does it different? Colored Brain hopefully will give you that clarity today. Okay? So moving on. At work, we have a lot of problems. Problems with departments, problems with people, problems with systems, processes, all kinds of problems. We all will encounter it if you haven't encountered it. But do you realize that most problems, well, this is based on a research, that most problems at the workplace are people-related. Exactly. Oh, yes, yeah. Not process-related, there yeah. are, or system-down. That's a that's a IT technology problem. Mm. But most problems are people-related. The way certain people did things, 110%. the things certain people say, the timing they say, the way they say, the face they say, they made when they said it. Been there, done that, got people the related. Yep. So what happens when you have people related problems? You're going to have misunderstanding and conflicts, isn't it? Yeah. Right? And then the task cannot be, uh, cannot be completed successfully. Mm. So which is why, I want to ask this question now. Why do these people related problems persist? Why is it always there? 20 years ago it was there, 10 years ago it's there, and today it's there. Because we are always looking at the wrong things to fix. There's a problem, we send people for training. The department not getting along, we send them for team building. Mm. And then they come back after one month, everyone's rah-rah after all that uh, blindfolding and blowing balloons. <laughs> They had a lot of fun. They come back hoping for a change. The rara is there for about two, three weeks. And then after a week, it dies down. After a month, it's, it's gone. After two months, you'll be like, what can we leave? Everything goes back to the culture. Everything goes back to how things are done around here. So which means there was really no change. Or at least the change was not sustainable, mm. was not prolonged, was not there for long term. It was short-lived. And this is what I tell organizations, because the culture is what you should be looking at. Yeah. Then the trainings will work. So, I'll tell you why to answer this question, why do people-related problems persist? They persist for this one main reason. There are many reasons, but this is one of the main reasons we have identified. 
The main reason is because people, that's all of us, we focus on the process that other people use to reach a goal instead of focusing on the goal itself. Mm. See what I mean? It's so deep if you think about it. Mm. Let me explain this. Let me break this down into a, a little diagram that you can easily understand. Now, do you all realize that we all have goals? Mm. Yep. Personal goals, departmental goals, company goals, country goals. We all have goals. And, you know, it's, it's, it's proudly uh, displayed in all our walls. Vision, mission, core values. You all have heard of that? Mm. So we all have goals. We all want to achieve something. We want to be the biggest, the best, all that. Good. Good initiative. However, so this is us, people, employees, the companies, the members of an organization. We all have goals and objectives. Very clear, very straightforward. Correct? Mm. That's your goals, your targets. It could be revenue, it could be size, it could be branding, it could be anything. But you have a goal, a reason why you come to work. However, to achieve that goal, you need to go through a process. We all do. You can't go directly from us to the goal. We have to go through steps, processes. Now, in a while, through your process, you reach your goals. However, what happens, let me define the word process here so we all understand and we can be on the same page. Process here means the way people believe things should be done. Mm. Like when you talk to someone, how do you talk to them? You will talk to them the way you believe it should be done. If I ask you to work on a task, you will work on that task the way you believe it should be done. Am I correct? Mm. Based on your training, based on your culture, and all that. Next. However, the process that you use versus the process that another person used may not be the same. Can, some of you can already see where the problem lies. Mm, yeah, because my process and your process are not the same, mm. my way and your way is not the same, can you see where conflicts can start? Mm. Yeah. Because I, I come up with, with, uh, with words like, this is how it should be done. This is what you must do. Now, who came up with, we call these encoded assumptions. Whoever said, Things must be in a certain way. These are what we have, what we call assumptions that we encoded assumptions. They're so deep-rooted, like culture, we don't know where it stems from. But we preach it. When you sit down, you must sit down with your hands down. You cannot fold. Who said that? And why? So because we have different processes, we start pushing that process to other people and that my friends is the beginning of blaming oh you didn't do this or oh, she made that mistake <laughs> or oh, they didn't do that the beginning of blaming culture mm. the beginning of conflicts misunderstandings yeah. miscommunication all that happens and guess what you you get stuck in this loop this loop here and when you are stuck in this loop do you have time to look at your goals and objectives? Do you have time to look at why you are there in the company? You don't. Because you're so busy firefighting the processes with one another. Fighting, arguing, firing. 
And guess what? Soon you will not even see your goals and objectives anymore. Soon you won't even know why are you even there in your company right now. Mm. You won't even see it anymore. You're blinded. It's in your blind spot. Because you're so busy with office politics and all of that in here. And not just one. I mean, I've been training for 27 years now and I see a lot of this. 68 companies, 68% of companies are in this culture. We call it the blame culture. 68, you know, guys, that's almost 70%. So only 30% are outside this zone, which is not a huge number. It's one third only. Hmm. Yeah? So I have a lot of work that is, a lot of business because of this. Yeah? And yeah, I do have a lot of work with the 30% to help them to maintain it. Right? For the 70%, I help them to fix it. So, let us right now spend time focusing on the objective. And what does focusing on the goal or objective mean? It means that you learn how to act intelligently. You know, acting intelligently is a choice. You actually make a conscious decision. I want to act intelligently. When I'm driving and a car cuts my cue, for those of you who drive in KL, you know what I mean. It's so easy to react, am I correct? Yeah. But do you know, you can actually make a conscious choice and, and train yourself. It might not work so well in the beginning, but you train yourself to a point where you can say, this is not going to affect me because you are acting intelligently. And the, the sad part is in many organizations, leaders, we don't make conscious decisions like that. So we don't act intelligently. What we do is we react to everything. <laughs> you make a mistake, I yell at you, I shout at you, I blame you, I judge you. And yeah. that is the, the root cause of what we call lack of communication and trust, right? So today, let me introduce you Colored Brain, which is the one tool I said out of the many tools we teach in the Heroes Way to help you to understand, communicate, collaborate with your with people, with your team better. And that's our goal in this next uh, 30 minutes uh, or so. So let's begin by asking the question, what is Colored Brain? I know Colored Brain is new to many of you. Anyone, just out of curiosity, how many of you have heard of colored brain before? I don't mean the word colored and the word brain, but colored brain as a as a tool. No one. Okay, so we have one, Patrick only. Anyone else? Okay, Rizwan. Okay, these two have done the test before, so they, they know. Right? So colored brain is basically a psychometric tool. Let me ask you another question right now. How many of you have heard of the word psychometric? If you don't know what it means, yeah. it's okay. You have heard of it. Okay, so many of you have heard of it. Now, psychometric tool is a tool that today many large organizations mm. are using mm, yeah. to assess the employees that they're going to hire. It's done pre-employment stage, but it can also be done during employment with their current staff. So what does psychometric tool mean? Now, psychometric tool comes from two words. The word psycho or psyche, we call it which simply means the brain. And metrics, as you all know, simply means a standard, yes, a like measurement. It. So if you combine these two words, psychometric, it simply means measuring the brain. The brain. brain. Simple or not? 
That's what psychometric tools do. And in the market today, you're going to see many, many psychometric tools available. Mm. Some are free, some are cheap, some are expensive, some are really expensive. Mm. Yeah. These are some. This is not a complete list, but these are some. Some common ones you might hear globally is uh, DISC, very right. common. Yeah. Uh, the MBTI, yeah. the Mayer Briggs, is also a very, very popular mm. one yeah. because these two have been around for uh, or one of it is uh, almost 100 years and one is about 120 years. That's how long it has been around. So they're not new, yeah? They've been around for a while. And then we also have, um, I like the Leonard Personality uh, Inventory. Anyone knows why I like it? No one knows why I like it? Because it's made in Malaysia. Oh, yes. Dr. Leonard is a, is a Malaysian. Very popular, it's global. And this psychometric tool is well accepted. He's also written a book. In fact, I purchased his book during the, 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 the pandemic uh, online. And very, very brilliant uh, psychometric tool. And then you notice the last one on the list at the bottom is colored brain. And the difference between colored brain and all the others at the top, and most that I've subscribed to, is this. Most psychometric tools measures your behavior. Listen to this carefully. It measures the behavior, how you do things. Colored brain does, is not a behavioral test. It is a psychometric test, but not assessing your behavior. You'll understand more in a minute. Mm -hmm. Any questions here, anyone? <coughs> right. So, good. so, let me talk about before I go into the colored brain in, in just a, a few moments, because this is related to colored brain. We call this the ambiguity relief uh, process. Now, what is the ambiguity relief process? Now, do you know on a daily, uh, on a, a daily, basically, we all make decisions? Decisions yeah. what to have for breakfast, where to go, whether to buy or not, what to do with our life. We make decisions for everything. Am I correct? where to turn in the street, left or right, is also a decision. Now, before you can think, all of us, before all of us can think, before all of us can act, make a decision, and before all of us can communicate, all of us, doesn't matter your age, doesn't matter where you're from, before we all think, act, and communicate, we have to go through this process called the ambiguity relief process. So the ambiguity relief process is once we are relieved of that ambiguity, only then you can think. Only then you can act. Only then you can communicate. So what is the ambiguity relief process? When we have a task or a, or a, or a problem, the brain goes through this unique process called the ambiguity relief. It is the it is a process which is genetically how your brain gets clarity. So, if you don't get clarity, you cannot think, act and communicate. Am I correct? So, we yes. all need to get clarity. Hence, we call it the ambiguity relief process. So, once we get this clarity, we can think and act and communicate. However, all of us have a different ambiguity relief process. And that's where I'm coming towards the colored brain. And when your process is not the same as mine, we will miscommunicate. 
And when we miscommunicate, we will have fear when miscommunication happens. And when we have fear, we start having a lack of trust. So now I don't trust you. I don't trust you. I don't trust you. Because we have, I have that fear now. Because you are different mm. from me. Your how is different from my how. And that's where the miscommunication starts. So, today, before I go to Colored Brain and show you some short videos, I talked about the ambiguity relief process. There are four types of ambiguity relief process. All of us fall into one of these four. So it could be red, green, purple, or blue. They all have their own characteristics, which I will share with you in a moment. And I just want to take a minute to explain this. Why we miscommunicate, I want you to think of your brain like an Apple brain. You know Apple brain, the company Apple, your Macintosh, Apple, iPhone. And I want you to think of another person's brain that's like an Intel processor. One is an Apple processor, one's an Intel Windows processor. Can these two communicate? They are different. Well, they can now because of a bridge. But they were designed, Apple products was only designed to talk with Apple products. Windows products was designed to talk within Windows products. So if you take a program that was designed in Windows and try to run it on an Apple, either it won't work or it won't work as well because it was not designed for Apple. Does that make sense? Yes. So I want you to think of the, 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 the two processes that I talked about, Apple and Intel, with your ambiguity relief processes. There are four ambiguity relief process. So you can be one, 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 one. And all your processes are different. How do you want to talk? Because you're going to think you're right. You're going to think you're right. He's going to think he's right. And he's going to think he's right. Everyone wants to be right. Who's right? So I don't like your way. You don't like my way. How do you expect us to be friends? How do you expect, expect us to work in a team and collaborate together towards the success of the objective of the company? No way it's going to happen without someone killing someone else. And that is the root. But if you understand this now, then you understand yourself better and you understand those around you better. And that's the whole goal. So you're ready to learn about color brain? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, yeah. some very quick features. Color brain is not a behavioral or a personality test, unlike the rest. Color brain is also a profiling tool, a psychometric profiling tool that helps with communication. Color brain is, you're born with this color. So today if you find out you're red, you're born with it. You cannot choose your color. You're born a certain color. It's innate. You're born with it, you'll die with it. I had a question some weeks ago, a student asked me, can I change my brain color? What if I do a brain a brain transplant with my brain color? I said, look, I, 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 I'm a trainer and a coach. I, I'm not a brain surgeon or a psychologist in that sense who's, who's gone that far research to know if you did a brain transplant, will your brain uh, color change? But if I had to make a guess, the answer is yes. But how many of you here would want to go for a brain transplant because you don't like your brain color. I doubt it, isn't it? Yeah? So, colored brain is also, so you're born with it, remember. It helps you get clarity, we talked about it. It 
helps you find out the root cause of why communication breaks down between you and your partner, you and your parents, you and your friends, you and your bosses. Why it breaks down? It will give you clarity today. It gives you a platform to bring out the best in you and others. So you can get along with people better. And it's for individuals, teams, companies, groups. So anybody can use. The youngest person I know who did the color brain was seven or eight years old. Right? So today we're going to talk about these four colors. I'm going to go into each one right now. And let's prepare to learn what the four colors are and the characteristics. Now while we are going through the four colors, because we are not doing the, the assessment today, of course, I want you to see which you think you are closest to. And, you, and I want you to say, huh, that sounds like me. Most likely, that's your brain color. You will know better than others. Right? So let's begin. Ah, quick benefits of colored brain. Helps with your personal development. That's why you all are here today. With your self-realization, self-awareness, you know yourself better. It helps you improve relationships with everybody around you, solves conflicts, builds high-performance teams. Not just teams, but high-performing teams. And lastly, it helps you be a better leader because you understand people better. So, starting with the four colors, in no particular order, we start with the red brain. Now, the characteristic of a red brain is, let me give you the name, at least you know, I'm a red, by the way. Linear processing means you are the type of person, everything you do must be systematic. Everything you do must be so properly planned. Sounds familiar to some of you? To some of you, you'll be like, ah, what? Plan what? I'm not like that because you're not red. But those who are red, you'll be like, yeah. Everything must be systematic, must make sense, you must analyze before you get clarity, before you can think, act, and communicate. So let's look a bit, I'll give you some examples. So, a linear processing, this is how they would do work. I want you to remember these three icons at the bottom. The I stands for information. The magnifying glass stands for uh, analysis. And the uh, action button here, or the, the, the exit button here is action means they take action. So how does a red person take, get clarity? They need some information first, they do a lot of analysis, and they finally take action. So they will not take action until they get information and analyze it. Mm -hmm. see, see that? Are you like this? If you are, chances are you are a red brain. So anything you ask them to do, please type this letter, please paint this room, whatever task you give them, they need information first. Once they gather, it needs to be systematic, it needs to be very objective, then they analyze it, then finally they do the work. I want you to watch this short video and tell me which of these two people playing this Chinese chess is a red brain. Let's watch it together.
People, the, the top half person or the bottom person was a red thing. The top person knew exactly what he or she wanted to achieve at the end of that game. They planned it throughout. So chances are that person is a red brain. Can you see that? Mm -hmm. the, the, the person at the bottom thought he or she was winning because they had more uh, chips on, on, on the board. But at the end, that person lost. Okay? Moving on to the second color, the green. The green is sometimes said to be known as chaotic processing or I would like to call it random processing. Means how their processor works is random. Joker. They don't have any order like the red, no system yeah. whatsoever. And if you look at how they process, how they get clarity, the ambiguity relief process, you give them a bit of information, they take action already. Because a green needs to take action to get clarity. Does that make sense? The red needs to plan and, and analyze. The green, no. You ask them to write a report, they start typing already. You ask them to paint this room, they start painting. The red will say, uh, how many shades do you want? Uh, what do you want? Because they are planning it. They are analyzing it. Green, the moment you give them a job, they start doing it. Can you see where the danger is now? Yeah. Because they don't plan. So do you agree if the greens tend to make more mistakes than others. Mm. Of mm. course, they make a lot of mistakes because they don't plan, they don't analyze. But it's okay because that's how they are. They need that to get their clarity. But guess what? That's unique about the greens that all other colors don't have. Although they make the most mistakes, they are the quickest to bounce back from mistakes. And because they're not confined in a box with rules and you know you have to analyze things in a certain way, they have they're, they're free spirited to experiment, to discover, to be creative, to innovate. The rates are usually not very innovative because they are confined to a to rules, to rules. But the green, they just do what they want. That's why they make a lot of mistakes but they bounce back very quickly from these mistakes. They are quite brilliant. They are very creative people. But do you see the reds and the greens not getting along or not? Easy to see, isn't it? Mm, yeah. the, great, the reds need structure. The greens got no structure. Right? Let's watch this video about these greens. They are all advertisements as you will see. Another short video to find out why this guy is a green. I'll tell you a quick back of the story in case you can't hear the, the text very quickly. So that's his sister. No, that's not his sister. Another lady is his sister. She asked him to cut the niece's hair, take him to take her to a hairdresser's. Now he said, ah, waste of money, I'll cut it myself. And he does a terrible job. And then the sister comes back, like, hey, what happened to her hair? Why is it so terrible? He said, Oh, some hairdresser made a big mistake. They didn't even go to hairdressers. 
So he quickly takes him, takes the knees to a hairdresser and pays double to get it fixed. Typical of a green brain person. Let's watch it to see what exactly happens. Ah, this morning. I'll have a bunch myself. Hi. What happened? Terrible hairdresser. Leave it to me. I'm just waiting for the manager to get back and then what is he in trouble? Look, some idiots cut my niece's hair. Yes, please. There's one other thing I needed to do though. Okay, let me explain. I know this haircut has nothing to do with you, but my sister is watching outside and I want her to think that you did it. <laughs> so you sort out this terrible mess for me and I will pay you double, okay? You're very, very nice people. Whoa. I'm guessing he's a green brain. If he were red, he would have planned uh, the whole process properly and ensured that, you know, they went to a, to a proper hairdressers from the beginning. Right? So chances are, is green uh, brain. Okay, let's move on to the third out of four colors, the purple uh -huh. brain. Now the purple brain, they cannot get enough information. And all the information they collect must be relational, related. They must make sense. They must be connected. And that's what the purple brain is all about. Look at this icons at the bottom, everyone. This is a purple brain. Some of you may identify with this. Hmm. Means they need information in the beginning, and then they need more information, and then a bit more, and then some more, and then more. Can you see? Only when they have all this information, they will analyze it, just like a red brain. Not as much, but still they will analyze it. Finally, they will take action. Can you see how the purples are? Hmm, yeah. So let's say if any one of you here are uh, purple, and you want to go on a holiday, let's say you want to go to London, I can rest assured that you will have a folder on your desktop called London. A folder on your computer called London. Inside that folder, you will have some subfolders. One called bus, train, one called uh, transport, sorry. One called accommodation, one called places of interest. And within each of these folders, you will have subfolders of everything else because you are the go-to person for information anything people need to know about your company or about an event or about a process or about anything you have all the information you are like the information center and because you are so involved with information you are very slow to take action you take action very very late because of all this information now, I want you to watch this very famous advertisement called The Cog. It was uh, an advertisement uh, created in the UK for Honda, one of their, I think, eighth generation uh, Honda Accords uh, many years ago. And this advertisement took them thousands of hours to develop. And they could not, after thousands of times of shooting this video, they could not do it in one take because it was virtually impossible. They managed to finally complete it five days of shooting, 10,000 hours of prep, and they finally managed to shoot it in two takes. You know two takes? Mm. Means they took one take and another take and they kind of stitched it together. 
you will see why. And chances are this was a purple brain who developed and designed this at the distance. this was developed by a purple brain. I don't think the green brain mm. would have had the patience to do that. Yeah. Right? And last but not least is the blue brain. Blue brain. Now the blue brain people's people. You know like if you want to look for an HR person, look for a blue brain. Because they'll be people's people. Right? Not so much about processes and other things. Not about structure, about people. So if you look at their processes, they're all over the place. Because they're not about anal uh, analysis, they're not about so much about information, they're about people and himself in his father's shoes. And see what he says to the father at the end. Huh. Right? Let's watch it together. Wow, I love Java. Why? Well, imagine waking up every morning with a little less hair. Then driving to work in heavy traffic. Only to find out when you get there that the project you've been working on for a year suddenly cancelled. Well, the chocolatey taste of jello pudding makes up for all of that. summary the four brain colors I won't go through all of them in mm. detail but the red is basically someone with um, needing clarity logic analysis communication is firstly you want to ask yourself what is the best color out there I get asked this question all the time which is the best of the four colors some people think red 
The answer is we need all four colors. The answer is it is an innate color. You, you are born with this color. If today you find out you're blue, you're blue. You can't change it. It's genetics. So once you know you're blue, and I know he's green, and I know she's purple, guess what? How I treat all of them now changes. How I communicate with them, I won't judge them anymore. Today, I will react to them because they're not my color. Do you know the school system in Malaysia and probably most of the world? Mm. The education system, college, universities and school. Do you know it was designed for the red brain? Think about it. Can you see how from day one we go to school, everything is so structured. You must do this, you got homework, then you got tests, you got exam. Can you see how it is? What happens to the green brains and blue brains when they have to go through all that? I'll let you think and ponder about that. Because the education system was designed for the red brains. We should design education for all the four colors. Mm. That's why in my trainings, I have activities that engages all the four colors. So the reds got the parts where they have to analyze. The blue, they, they, sh they do sharing sessions. They feel they are involved. The greens, for their creativity, everyone has got their part to play. So they feel that they were involved in the learning, in the, in the training, right? So, what we should do is instead of judging each color, if you understand that we have, we all look at things in life and work using four different colored lenses, four different processes. We have the red process, the blue process, the green process, the purple process. Then we will react less to other people's how, because it's not the same as ours. Mm. So we call it wearing the rainbow glasses of clarity. So when you wear a rainbow glasses, then I'm not gonna judge you. You do things in a certain way because that's your brain color. I will set you up for success instead of judging you. Then you will see less reaction, less miscommunication, right? So what's the point of all of this? The point of, of all of this is to help us, once you understand brain color, to help you be a hero that we talked about. Mm -hmm. It's gonna help you enhance your leadership skills, which we all want to. It will help you set the people you work with, set them up for success. Mm -hmm. I'm not here to help me be successful, but I'm here to help you, my colleagues, become successful. Mm -hmm. It helps you motivate your people and nurture them. It helps you create that ideal and working environment where, how many of you wake up in the morning, you're excited to go to work? Like you can't wait to wake up. You wake up before your alarm. Now, if you are in that situation, then you are in an ideal working environment. But if you are in a toxic working environment, do you want to wake up in the morning? Yeah. We are the type who will be kicking on snooze and hoping it never rings, isn't it, that alarm? Mm -hmm. Because your environment is toxic. If it is somewhere you're going, that's fun. Which is why we all get very excited the night before a nice holiday. We all get very excited. We can't sleep even sometimes. You know why? Because we know we're going to have a good time. It's an ideal working environment. Can our workplaces be like that? It can. If we change the culture the, to make it a positive work culture, then we'll have fun going to work. Right? And we talked about, when we started this afternoon, we talked about embarking on initiatives, digital transformation initiatives. Fixing your culture is going to help you 
be successful in all your initiatives, even your digital transformation mm-hmm. initiatives. All right. So we can change the narrative. This is the same slide I showed you when we started. We can change this narrative from most digital transformation fails. We saw this, right? Remember the McKinsey study? Yeah. We can change this narrative to most digital transformation works. Can you imagine one day we, can, we see this headline where we, they say it works and culture plays a huge role. And that culture is formed by leaders like all of you. So it doesn't matter your age today, doesn't matter how mature you are, doesn't matter how long you've been in the workplace. But you are in a position to make that change, not only in yourself, but in your environment. To be that leader that has more self-awareness and you are there to just set people up for success, even if they make mistakes. You nurture people around you, not react to them. And the key word we saw earlier was acting intelligently, which is a choice. Any questions, anyone? Yes. So is the red brain more like the engineer brain, like typically, and you know, you would say, because it sounds like a very engineering mindset. Yeah. Um, yes, it is. There are certain jobs suited for certain colors even. Like I said earlier, blues, they'll be good for HR. Yes, red will be like people like engineers, uh, accountants, but it doesn't mean other colors cannot be uh, accountants or engineers. Mm. See, all of us, when you do this test, it's an online test. Uh, I think it costs about 100 and something. You can check it out online. And if you do the test and you find out your colors, you will actually see that you have a secondary color and maybe, maybe even a tertiary color. But the one with the highest number is your brain color. So what then are the other colors? The other colors are what we call nurtured or learned behavior. I'll give you a very quick example just to answer your question. Rosanna, who works with us, with her, with, uh, with us she's a green brain. But guess what? She was in finance. So what happened is she probably made a lot of mistakes in the beginning. But because she's in that environment, the red part of her was nurtured, was learned. So she can learn to be a red brain. But is she a red brain? No, she's green, I just told you that. So when she wakes up in the morning, her first ambiguity relief process is going to be green. But when she gets into that working environment, she switches to a red for that, for that, for that time. Oh. You can learn. So the, I remember I talked about the rainbow glasses just now? You can learn to be all four colors. If, if you are today blue, the only way I can get along with you is if I understand blue. Doesn't make me a blue, but I understand you as a blue. I understand him as a purple. You understand it. That's why we call it the rainbow glasses. So you can see everyone's point of view, not just yours. So yes, Certain jobs are suited for certain colors. In fact, many companies who have come with us, um, they, we, we use this for recruitment as well, where they even hire based on a certain color. Because it makes sense. Planners and researchers, you definitely want them to be red. Uh, people who are on the creative side, you want them to be green. Makes sense? Yeah? People, managers, chances are you want them to be blue. But it doesn't mean you cannot learn them. Thank you for that question. Anyone else? Yes. Uh, you talk about the, the red and the purple. Uh, am I wrong to say that purple maybe actually is an extension of the red? 
very very good um, um, very good um, observation yeah the red the, sorry the purples and the reds are actually you can call them cousins they're very very similar because the purples also analyze as you saw it's just that their main focus the red is structure and for purple their main focus is data but they both analyze so you're right so they're very close but one is just red one is purple one is all about a lot of data reds don't need so much of data right anyone else uh, it's, it's very interesting because uh, a lot of questions coming in mind so like let me ask you a question like let's just say this person is um is a red like he's a standard red he he that person works in a particular country for 30 years now he goes to another country the culture is completely flipped different does that personality does that transcend the structure of his red or does he still be a red okay yeah so what color is he again so let's just say he starts with a red he's a typical linear right okay so, he's linear yeah, yeah but when he goes to say let's say this guy goes to latin america everybody's super social everything is chaotic does he absorb those things or does he still stay within that you can absorb it all you want so does he still stay red or like how what he can learn the green or whatever the people in latin america have let's say they're blue yeah he, he can be like that that becomes his learned behavior his learned behavior goes high yeah. but nothing changes your genetic color if he's red he's red how he will think how he will act how he will communicate will always be red mm -hmm. in this case mm -hmm. because it's genetic Basically, I know what you're saying. Will there be a time enough for him to swap colors? He can't. He's learned color can go higher and higher and higher, mm. but he will never replace his genetic color. Mm. Okay. So there will be some situation where he falls back to his nature. He will always fall back. Like I said, you will sleep when you wake up, you're back to your color. Yeah. So that's the only way you know how to do things. Yeah, because there's two schools of thoughts in society. One is the deterministic, where they say your genes controls you, your brain controls you, blah blah blah. Then there's the indeterministic, which is basically your environment and your structure is in interaction. So like, so the typical deterministic thinking is like, okay, you're genetically programmed to be a drug addict or alcohol. Fine, that's one. Then the other school of thought is that you, as the individual, you make your decision, you adjust your habits and all that. So like. When I hear this, which is, sounds great, but then I just think like about this concept, like, you know, deterministic, indeterministic. And also because the play between the individual and society, like for example, here people think in a certain way, you go to another country, people think in a different way. So the person who, you know, who goes around, they have to be in a state, if either they are temporarily changing or they are still fixed, which is, that's why, that's why I think about when I yeah, this, uh, that's why. Okay, that, that, that's a good observation because yes, you are talking about one genetics and one is see, like, environment. See, for example, I, I saw this uh, lecture by this Russian uh, neurologist, right? Now, in Russia, as you know, it's uh, basically top-down, right? The power structure is top-down. So the scientist, he also thinks that we are programmed in a certain way to respond. But then there's also another school of thought, that also a neuro guy who says, no, we are not deterministic because the environment is variable. We are always dealing in different circumstances. Mm. And therefore, you know, you change your power. So I can understand when I hear this Russian scientist, I can I can make the connection. He maybe he knows more than he's saying. I don't know. But typically he's Russian, <coughs> therefore the political structure is authoritarian. And other guys are not. So like I'm I'm basic that's why I'm I'm asking all these questions because like, I, I see this kind of uh, thinking. Yeah. Okay. Was that a question somewhere in there? Or? No. Who, well, can, who can guess 
Put up your hands first, you get a, you get a prize. Who can guess what his brain color is? <laughs> Don't guess all the four colors. Yes. Purple. Purple, here you go. That was the exact color. He's <laughs> <laughs> purple. Not all of us are like that, right? But because he's a purple, what does he need? He needs information. He needs clarity, which is good. But if you are a green, you'll be like, hey, can you stop talking a guy in the first table? <laughs> So do you see where miscommunication happens? Mm. But to him, he needs it. So if you wore the rainbow glasses, you will set him up for success or not now? Yeah, or will you judge him? And that's how it is with every color. Alright, thank you for that, uh, for that uh, comment and for that question. And you also get a book and, and you also ask the question, right? You get a book and oh, that's yours. You. Yeah, you get one as well. I've not forgotten you at the back. <laughs> any, any other questions? But you don't get a book. I, I, I'll pass you the book in a while, yeah? Anything else? Yeah. Yeah, I have a question like, uh, just an example from the team. Yeah. So are you the green or are you the red? No, I am just in the, in the You're the observer. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for me, I can observe this. Sure. So, you know, why like, what can I do to help? Who are you closer with, the boss or the employee? I am the middle. You are in the middle. So you want to you want to now, you want to you have a, a, a nice working environment, right? So you want to talk to them individually and tell them what's it all about. That you're doing this because you're red. You tell the green, hey, boss is red like that. So next time when you give a presentation, make sure it's, it's a, in a red way. You know, when I go and do proposals for my clients, whether it's PowerPoints or proposals, I, I know, I, I, there's a way I teach people to read people's brain colors as well. Mm. We're not covering that today, of course. So before I go for that meeting, I know the, the decision maker, what's their brain color. If they're red, my presentation is different. If they're purple, different or oh, if they are green is the easiest just put pictures <laughs> easy and guess what nine out of ten I closed the deal you know why because it resonated with that person I spoke the same language as them just because that's why it helps with communication I communicate with them differently right I know we've run out of time and any other final comments now yes you might want to get in touch with us so I'm giving you some uh, contact details from our um, assistant director from uh, uh, Monash. So whether it's you want to buy the codes or you want the Hero Space program or any general being um, contact card uh, downloaded. So I'll leave it on for a while. All right. That was a piece of the Salasin.10 podcast area. It is hoped that you have enjoyed it. If you have any issues, please feel free to leave a comment through any of the channels.